I got a free tattoo. I could not believe it. The guy said, do you want a tattoo? Just a random, yeah, opened up the side of his back. No. He said, it's for free. I said, sure. You said, yeah, yeah. Look. Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Be sure to check out Expand the Box Score. Use the promo code 40. Get a couple of days of free advanced stats. So, last week we got into the rookies a little bit. Today we're recording Monday morning. It is one of the most exciting weeks for Dynasty people. It's Combine Week. So, we kind of let the rookie stew simmer for a week here while all that news breaks. Then we'll come back next week and kind of discuss winners and losers from the Combine and potentially adjust our rankings that we went over last week. But... So in this little lull here in rookie, uh, the rookie world, we are going to look at NFL free agents and kind of see who's going to be on the market, what teams need spots filled, if we like spots for certain guys. Um, no one's been officially franchised yet, but there have been some rumors floating, out there, floating around out there, so we'll talk about that a little bit. So all that out of the way, Walk, how are you, and where do you want to get started? I'm doing great. Coming in hot on this one, John. Yeah, we already got the I'm sorry's out of the way as I'm <laughs> tragically late for for this recording because I let other things get in the way of what is the most important thing, and it's the Fancy 40 podcast. But pesky <laughs> real life. Yeah, how dare it get in the way. But uh, I'm doing good. You know, it's a good time. Yeah. Good weather around here. Good time of year. Things are things are getting nicer. Okay, freeze it in Vegas. You're probably <laughs> oh. I mean, it's literally we've been riding a roller coaster the last couple of weeks, but it did hit like mid sixties here last week. It's cool. It's oh, only forty six today, but that's not bad. I mean, we're literally going to be in the upper forties, low fifties this week. It's February. I'll, I'll take it. I mean, there's there hasn't been any snow yet. I don't think there'll be any snow this year. You know that Bucks Tony Phil can suck it with his stupid shadow. But, you know, I, I'll, I'll take this weather at this time of year. So I'm good. Started going back to the gym, too. So, uh, you know, I'm burning again. Like I told you before we went live, I'm going to do a Zay Flowers type, you know, 13 pounds of muscle post in a couple of weeks when, uh, when I'm able to uh, achieve his level of greatness and break the end. We'll break Twitter at that point in time. <laughs> yeah. a little Let you know what is possible. Before and after shot. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much. I'm going to say ahead of time, it probably won't look much different, but I'm going to do it. So. That's where I'm at. Uh, How about you? I don't like that negativity. You know, look, yeah, I mean, I'm a realist. Going to come out of this like a Greek god. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to call certain friends to accomplish that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all have. These things happen. What can you do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm not getting tested anytime soon. That's going to be irrational and have hair grown on the back of my ass cheeks. Then I'm going to do it, John. There you go. Uh, <laughs> on that note, um, I guess we'll get started kind of with free agency and quarterbacks. Uh, the last couple of years, you know, for a long time, that was one of the few positions where you did not see a lot of movement, but that has kind of changed the last few years in the NFL. And I got to say, I like it better this way. I like these guys. Uh, Shifted around a bit, changing the QB landscape. And I remember, at least I think I remember, the last couple of years, wasn't there this like trend where people were saying we're, we're entering a new golden age of quarterbacks in the NFL? And I now that it's like 
upon us, the start of this offseason, I can't remember so many teams being in definite need of a quarterback and so many teams kind of in need of a quarterback. It, it's uh, We're at a, a, a talent gap right now in the league. Yeah, I don't know if the golden age was the right designation. Probably like golden girls, right? So we got all these old fuckers aging out uh, in, in the last couple of years or, or should be leaving. But it's also the fact that it's become way too expensive to pay top quarterbacks at, at this point, which explains some of the turnover. Because you can be good, but if you're not great, Derek Carr, why are we paying you $40 million a year, right? Like, supposedly that's what Daniel Jones is – Angling for 35 to 40, you know, at minimum. Patrick Mahomes makes 45 million a year right now. Listening to NFL radio and the, the, I don't know if you ever listened to moving the chains, but they do a lot of contract stuff on there and, and they're pretty accurate. Cause uh, Pat Kerwin's one of the guys on that show. He used to be a front office guy with the jets, I believe. And they've been saying you, you threw out that number 40 million. They said that in another couple of years, that's going to be the, you know, lower threshold. That's going to be that's going to be middle class for quarterbacks. I mean, the 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 shitty guys are probably looking at twenty five to thirty, and then these these middle of the pack guys are looking at forty because they are anticipating the salary cap to take a pretty big jump in the next few years here. And they think, you know, speaking of Mahomes, he's probably going to restructure at some point, uh, rightfully so. But yeah, once I, TV I th- money hits, yeah, this is going to go through the roof. I mean, that's that's all that's happening. I mean, it's. I, it's crazy. Just imagine like the lower class of quarterbacks are going to be the ones making 25 to 30 mil in a few years. Just think like the guys that wouldn't be starters otherwise that are going to start making 20 to 30 mil. Um, I can imagine, you know, coughing that up for Teddy Bridgewater a, I mean, a, a low, <laughs> for a low level starter. But yeah, I think Mahomes has like one more year of guaranteed money on his deal. So although it was like a 10 year 450, I mean, that thing's going to get ripped up in, in short order, even though I think it carries him into like the fifties and like the next couple of years. But to your point, that's not enough. If we're talking about these other guys making 35 to 40, I mean, he yeah. should make twice what Daniel Jones makes. Right. So it's going to be interesting. I agree. It is going to continue to go up, but it, it's, it's still funny money. And I agree. It's like the most important position in football it might be the most important position in organized sports, like sure. if you don't have the right guy, you're never going to win because you can't win outside of the quarterback, which is why the Raiders cut the cord with Derek Carr, which I think was the right decision for them because given how that contract was structured, they get, just get to you know, move on. They don't get anything for him, which was dumb on their part. They shouldn't have extended him or given him that new deal because then they would have gotten compensation. Well, you've but called it least- from day one with that deal. <laughs> this, was yeah. oh, always- this was a foregone conclusion, which I don't understand why they gave it to him then. They gave them the new deal, and then they have a full no-trade clause in place. They they literally tied their own hands behind their back, and now they don't even get any compensation for releasing them when if they would have just made them play out his other deal, even if he walks, they get comp- compensatory picks. It was like literally – who was who's making the – was it Mayock that did that? I mean, was, was he still okay. around at that point? Yes. I mean, who's who's making these decisions? This That was buffoonery by the Las Vegas Raiders. So I'm not, I'm not going to do this with the other positions, but just looking at the teams that are in need. This was my little quick list. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams that absolutely need a quarterback, whether it's draft or free agency. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of these, in your opinion. The Jets, the Raiders, 
the Colts, the Texans, Commanders, Buccaneers, Panthers, and the Saints. And then I got another group of fringe, depending on what happens with Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. Seattle doesn't have a quarterback right now. Tennessee has Tannehill, but they could obviously stand to improve. Detroit has Goff under contract. They seem to like him, but he may not be the long-term answer. In Atlanta, I actually should probably bump in the other group. They didn't give Ritter much of a chance to see what they got. Looks like they're going to go into this year with him, but obviously they could stand to improve. And then there's quite a few other teams that could address it, but those are the teams that have to do something. Yeah, I mean – Dude, it's hard to argue. I mean, like you said, there's other teams too, and I don't. I don't. You you rattled off a litany of teams like the Giants right now. I mean, Daniel Jones until they franchise them, they need to do something too. I mean, you, you start thinking in that in that capacity. You mentioned Seattle, like they're going to resign Geno. He's not going anywhere else. But to your point, I mean, I don't know that he's even a long term solution for them. They should probably give him like a two or three year deal. And where they're sitting in a draft, I I don't know why they don't consider quarterback. They don't anticipate being there again anytime soon. So why not take a guy you can develop? For a year or two behind Geno Smith, it's a it's a it's a luxury pick because of that rust trade. I mean, so it's going to be real interesting to see the shakeup. But you know, there's there's more seats than there are people playing uh, musical chairs right now. Well, well, so you, you throughout the Giants, I, I have them in my third tier of like they seem like they're okay for this year, but do they have their long term answer? Giants, New England, Miami, Dallas, the Rams, Minnesota, and Green Bay. I mean, we're talking yeah, well, 20, 20 of 32 teams have a question mark between now and the 2025 season. That's crazy. Did you throw the Ravens out there at all? Yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. I didn't hear that. Yeah, that's that's another problem because now I'm reading that uh, Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed five-year deal. He wants, uh, what, again, what read last. From, from moving the chains, they were saying um, he wants – a little bit north of what Watson got. Watson got. And yeah. they're looking to offer him 130 million guaranteed, which would make him prior to the Watson deal would have made him the top paid guy after Russell Wilson's deal, which kind of set the bar, but now the Browns ruined it for everyone. So <laughs> the, the, Jackson they isn't find the themselves only one. In a, that yeah, they're in a bad spot, right? Because you can't that 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 Watson deal is an outlier, and teams can't allow that to be the standard anymore. I mean, imagine that. Then you know the Bengals can't even close to afford to extend Joe Barrow if that type of deal persists, because then the owners have to start laying that money out. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and there's everyone's not created equal. Jimmy Haslam has funny money. That dude just bought into the fucking bucks for like three and a half billion dollars. Like, I don't know where he's getting all his money from, but he's got it. You know, but fraud you know, the, from fraud, <laughs> largely, right? Flying J, <laughs> whatever. Um, you know, but some franchises aren't structured that way. I mean, I don't know where Bashadi's money is, but you know, to to throw out two hundred fifty million guaranteed over five years. Yeah, it's it's nice and all, but to protect yourself somehow, where you can earn it, but half of it guaranteed. I mean, that's 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 where that's reasonable. I mean, it's unfortunate because you start talking about guaranteed contracts, and then you look at every other sport, and they're all guaranteed, but the injury rate just isn't there. 
So I, I get why franchises need to protect themselves without with not having fully guaranteed contracts. It's business at the end of the day. I mean, it's just you tie up all that money and then that dude goes and hurts himself or falls flat. Like you can't fix that. You just can't. I mean, and I mean the, the same the, thing happens in other sports too, but you know, I mean, the answer is, would be no salary cap. I mean, then you just spend your way out of it like in baseball. But then you don't. Well, yeah, there'll be luxury taxes and stuff like that. But the whole yeah, thing get, in the NFL nope. is trying to keep everyone on par, right? That yeah. was the impetus behind it, which I agree with. You know, because then like the Dallas Cowboys would just build a mega team every year, right? Because that's Jerry Jones would spend every penny he had. <laughs> it's still, it's still joking to play on. It's yeah, still wear the cloud face when it's all said and done. But yeah. Yeah, so you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it's going to be interesting with only like maybe four quarterbacks in this draft that likely profile as ever being starters for multiple games. I mean, there's some later round guys that who knows, maybe they'll start a few games here and there that no one expected, um, you know, developmental type guys. But we're not getting an influx at the position like you do wide receiver and running back and all that type of shit. So we're going to be reshuffling some of these guys. Derek Carr is going to end up probably with the Saints or the Jets, it sounds like. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he could end up in L.A. for all we know. If they don't take a quarterback with their pick, he knows um, McDaniel's system. He could end up there. Daniel Jones likely getting franchised. I don't see Lamar playing for anyone other than Baltimore. If Rodgers leaves and they still, they'll end up starting Jordan Love this year, I don't know where Rodgers is going to go. Does he go to Vegas? And then does Jimmy G end up somewhere else, like Carolina or the like? I mean, or are they burning it down? It's going to be interesting. Quarterback's going to explain a lot because free agency hitting before the draft of what these teams are trying to do. You know, the Colts are clearly drafting. The Houston Texans are clearly drafting. You know, uh, I don't see either of them trying to splash in the free agent quarterback market. They need to hit reset and, and get their guy for the future, not get a placeholder anymore. So it's like some of these spots are going to go away, but – you know, there'll always be availability to to your point. It's, you know, there, there's a, there's, what do you say? 20 teams that have to be evaluating quarterback at present. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and I mean, other than Derek Carr, is there anyone out there that you really give a shit about? So I mean, I'll, I'll kind I mean, of, that's available. That. You, you, know? you named a few of them. So you got, you got Derek Carr, you've got Garoppolo. Those are kind of the one A and one B of, of free agents you know, Aaron Rodgers would be a trade, so I'm not including him. <laughs> Look, I, I was not. Darnold is going to be out there. Mayfield, I think, is going to get a job as a starter just because of the vacuum here, and he did enough, I think, in L.A. to, you know, when musical, when the music stops and everyone grabs a chair, where he was the odd man out a year ago and had no team, it seems like he's going to kind of be the guy who can pick and choose. I mean, just my opinion based on who else is left here. So some of the other names where we could, if you want to say anything about Mayfield, but Jacoby Brissett did okay in a mop up duty there. You mentioned Gino likely going back to Seattle. No reason. Andy Dalton can't end up a starter with these many vacancies. Mike white, who's shown enough in some flashes, but I don't think anyone trusts him to be a starter. Taylor Heineke, who has started over several years and has been okay. Um, Cooper Rush isn't going to get a starting job somewhere, but he's looked okay 
with Dallas. But there was one guy at the bottom of the list that sticks out to me that if a team really has liked what they saw, he's been a starter, has been good when called upon as a backup. What do you think of Gardner Minshew getting a starting gig at one of these spots? I was wondering if you're going to say Minshew or if you're going to go with the old uh, Tyler Huntley, the pro bowler, Tyler Huntley. <laughs> was one I, of those Huntley's, if, if Lamar Jackson were to leave Baltimore, I don't dislike <clears throat> Huntley coming back in that system. He has upside with the offense they run. I wouldn't like him if he, you know, goes to the Cardinals and is their starter for half a year before what's his name comes back. But I, Minshew's like, to me, the dark horse of this group. Yeah, I don't but, disagree. And we didn't end or Daniel Jones because we. Yeah, Jones, I yeah, think I mean, I for heard... sure getting tagged. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Jones and Jackson are going to get tagged. I mean, there's no chance they're just going to let those guys walk um, without compensation or the ability to sign and trade or whatever it may be. But yeah, I mean, Minshew played well um, in a couple spots, starts the Eagles. I, you know, selfishly hope that he just ends up coming back as the backup, but you know, you're going to have to experience any opportunity that comes your way. I don't, I don't, it didn't seem like the NFL was that intrigued with Gardner Minshew, you know, after he got shelved in, in Jacksonville, um, you know, he was just made available, and I don't know. I just don't think there's an appetite for him. He he might land a starting gig somewhere, but it'd be like a bridge starter, you know. Oh um, yeah, for would, sure. Would be all I would assume. He's he's not getting a multi-year deal. He'd be getting like that Mitch Trubisky type starter in Pittsburgh deal, right? And then yeah. they go and draft Pickett Correct. the next month. Like that's what Trubisky. Or that's what a uh, Minshew would get, and then he'd have to to fight for it every single day until they inevitably make the rookie the starter anyway, because that's why you draft him. Right. It's just I, I don't think I don't see any long term viability in him, but you could get a couple couple starts early in the year in your Superflex team with uh, someone like a Gardner Minshew. And you mentioned Baker. I agree with you. He played well down the stretch for a depleted uh, Rams team that probably pumped some life back into his value um, in the NFL. I don't know where he ends up. I mean, he's been a few places. Carolina needs a starter. He's not going back to Carolina. Right. He's not going to stay in L.A. and start because Stafford's supposed to be back. You know, he's not going to go to a Houston or an Indy because why would they do that if you know that they're going to go the rookie route? So where does he go? You know, so you, he, this is way low on the Jets radar, I would assume. They would have to swing this, this where, on everything. This is where I was going. I didn't know you were going to head down this path as I went through <laughs> the list and go, and eh, this is probably going to go to this guy. This is this guy. Like you said, you know, Mayfield isn't going to Carolina. The two teams left as we start eliminating, think this guy signs here, they draft somebody. He may, there's, I, if you made me bet right now, I would probably put my money on the Buccaneers and then my second tiny bet would be on the Saints. Yeah, I mean, and the, the irony is both of those teams are so cash strapped. And I know, like, it's, seems like a fallacy because every year the Saints find a way around it, but the <laughs> Buccaneers are in cap hell. You know, and their GM is on the record saying, like, the what's his name? Trask is going to be a starter. I get it. he has to say that because he's the only quarterback under contract for them <laughs> right now. But I could also see him just burning the year down. I mean, their books are shit, and they're not going to win it with a Baker Mayfield there. So why bring him in? That would be my thought. I mean, the Saints always, like, perpetually think they're in contention. So I, I could believe that. He seems like he would kind of make sense there, in, in my opinion. I just can't see – 
why the Bucks would do that rather than just fixing their cap situation. Because Baker, Baker's going to want decent money. He's not going to. He's not going to want like five million a year. You know, Your, he, be- I, I think you could make the argument for any of those teams in the South. <clears throat> they're all lit. Whoever gets the best quarterback is in the playoffs. So. Whatever Tampa does, I, I don't does. dispute that. But is that where you want to be a one and done in the playoffs? I mean, that's just where I'm at. I mean, Spotrac has Baker's market value at six point five mil, which I think is insane. Um, two years, thirteen million uh, market value would be QB twenty eight. Sure, I guess hey, if you just don't want to like really suck, but he's not winning you the <laughs> Super Bowl, so I don't know why you would even just spend that money on him. I, if I'm the Bucks, I'm just fixing it. I'll give Trask one year, fix it. I kind of feel like that's why they kept Todd Bowles around, um, was just to run it into the ground for him. They need, they, once they trade Mike Evans, I think we're all going to know what they're doing, and I think they're trying to trade Mike Evans. Is They need to start shedding salary, and if they do that, they're not bringing in a quarterback to compete. So it seems like the Saints want to. They already hosted Derek Carr, you know, there's other fallback options that, that they could have. You know, I, I wouldn't think that's too out of bounds if a reasonable cost for the Saints who have a better roster than, I want to say, than the Bucks do, but they're not as bad financially. <laughs> and that's weird to say because <laughs> you know, the Saints are usually the worst you know, in, in the NFL. And for who? Like, that's the other crazy part. It's like you don't think of that Saints roster and go, <clears throat> They sure they must have their own all their money tied up in these three guys. It's like Kamara's good, but you don't spend a bunch of money on running backs. I, I know Mike Thomas has a, a, a big chunk of change locked up, and uh, what's his name, Cameron Jordan on defense. So there's Michael Thomas, wherever guys. they converted his money, but that's going to free a lot for them. But sitting today on spot track, the Bucks are 57 mil over the cap, worse than the NFL. Cool. The Saints are under 30. So just think about that. There's 27 mil difference between the Bucks and the Saints. And the Saints have been the ones like you just assume are in the worst cap space every year. And they're the Bucks cap apparently is worse than the number two and number three teams combined. Two and three are are equivalent of roughly 50 million, just over 50 million. The Bucks are currently at 57 million. And it's because they have to eat a bunch of Brady money too. That's where their problem is, even though he retired. So. Maybe he's a post-June, but who knows? They, they should probably just eat it all this year. Just slice and dice everything. And I mean, look, Atlanta did it, and it worked out pretty good for them. Yeah, it's what you have to do. Like They, they went all in for Brady, and it made total sense. And now Brady's done, and they, they should just hit the reset button this year. I, I would be shocked, and it'd be stupid if they signed Baker Mayfield. Two statements. <laughs> but way too much time on quarterback position. That – isn't even one of the more exciting positions for agents. To your point, it is crazy how quarterbacks never became available. Now they're widely available, whether it's free agency, trade, things like that. The NFL has changed, and it's because these teams know if we can't win at all, we're, we don't need to pay this guy $50 million a year. You know? yeah. Or you get like the Seahawks are like, uh, no, it's more us than Russ, so we're not going to pay you that. So we'll trade you for a king's ransom if a team thinks you're that good, Denver Broncos, and then you can pay them. You know, and we'll, we'll pay Geno Smith $5 million to run our offense. You know? So – It'd be interesting to see how that works out going forward. But why don't we dive into the running backs? I think running backs are the big free agent position, and rightfully so, right? Because teams don't retain running backs. So they're the ones that are going to become available in free agency. 
Yeah, so top of the class, and it ties into quarterback. We're thinking Daniel Jones gets the franchise tag. That's been the rumor, which means Saquon Barkley likely hits the free agency market. The the crown jewel of this running back class. Some of the other names worth noting here: Josh Jacobs, who's hopefully thinking probably going to get franchise tag, but otherwise, you know, Jacobs is probably the the two to Barkley's one. Other names that made some noise this year, Miles Sanders seems to be out in Philly. Dante Foreman has kind of resurrected his career. Wouldn't be shocked to see him get a decent uh, opportunity somewhere. Jamal Williams probably staying with Detroit. Rashad Penny, your guy is out there. Can't stay healthy, but it's flashed from time to time. Kareem Hunt, who, man, if he landed in a good spot, I just because I've always been a fan, you could suck me back into that, but Oh, you just wish he got used properly in Cleveland to kind of see what he had left. But you really don't. He's a big mystery now. I mean, he could land in a good spot and be the old Kareem Hunt, but we don't even know if that's, you know, in his range of outcomes. Uh, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, Alexander Madison is very interesting to me. Tony Pollard, who's mm-hmm. probably going to end up staying there in Dallas. Your guy, Ty Johnson, who... As a role player, James Robinson, who got hurt and kind of was never the same, a guy I always like as a role player guy, if you're looking at you know, PPR, kind of change of pace, Matt Breida, Kenyon Drake, Travis Homer, and Miles Gaskin. Um, those are the names I thought were interesting, but <clears throat> it's pretty top-heavy. You, you know, the, the names of fantasy viable guys that have been starters, it's pretty much just Barkley, Jacobs, Sanders and Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the that's a pretty good list, right? They were all very productive players this past year, even in fantasy. So, out of those, I'm, I just started combing through the market value. It's a spot track function that you can look at the market value of the players. Who do you think has the highest implied market value of the free agent running backs? <clears throat> I mean, it's got to be Barkley. No, Jacob. It is not. Probably. Loaded question. Yes. Jacobs, who's a full year younger than Barkley. That's what I was going to say. Has a Clyde market value of $12.8 million annually on a four year 51 market value, which would make him RB3 paid. It's going to be interesting to see if that happens. Um, when Barkley is at 12.3, so not too far behind him. Barkley made a lot more contract one as a high first round yeah. pick. Um, but yeah, 12.3. And then you start looking and it gets, it gets more reasonable and lower. Um, I think when I looked, Kareem Hunt was at like 6 million, 7 million, which seems reasonable, probably like, yeah, two year, $14 million deal, wherever the guarantees would be. That's, that seems reasonable, probably end up a little lower than that. And I still do think he has a little bit left. He's been lightly used the last few years. Miles Sanders, his best spot would be back in Philly. He wants to be in Philly in a reduced deal, but they have him in a similar like two-year, $14 million deal. The Eagles aren't paying $7 million a year um, to retain Miles Sanders in that offense. I can tell you that. It's probably more in the $5 million range. Um, my thoughts. David Montgomery, I think, came out at 7.2. I'm super excited about him leaving so Khalil Herbert can show how much better he is than David Montgomery yeah. in this offense. Um, but I just don't think Montgomery's going to have a big market either. And the bears have money to spend. So I could see a world where he ends up back there. And that would make me so sad because um, I don't like Montgomery and I really like Herbert. Um, but <clears throat> I mean, you could end talking up about the back money, there. The- Tony Pollard. They, they already- Go ahead. 
Oh, talk, talking about the money that the Bears have, the the name I've seen linked to them was them throwing a ton of money at Barkley. If Barkley hits the market, he comes. I mean, that would the Bears' that would, new running back. That would also suck for Khalil Herbert. Um, <laughs> the worst, probably worse. <laughs> if I'm them, and that's what I'm doing, I'll just resign at Montgomery at a reduced cost. I mean, you don't. You're, you're still not in the pay running back mode, so why? There's just no receivers to pay for, so I guess you got money to spend and you want to compete. Yeah, I mean, Mont Barkley greater than the rest of them, but <clears throat> yeah, we shall see. Tony Pollard shown at nine million as a three million twenty seven three year twenty seven million dollar, which would put him in top eight as far as running back salaries. I have been already hearing that he's going to get tagged by the Cowboys because they're not letting him go. So. It sounds like Dalton Schultz will walk, which I'm talking about at the tight end section, and that Zeke could end up being a, a release candidate or a restructure. And if uh, either yeah, of those I happen, I mean, not that wheels weren't already up for Tony Pollard, but it would be fully up uh, at yeah, that point I, in time because it would I be the Jerry, change of the guard where Zeke is literally the 10 carry guy. Jerry loves him, and, and Zeke wants to stay, <laughs> so I think they restructure that to a very team-friendly setting. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I think they want him to retire a cowboy, and I don't think he wants to go anywhere because he's he's not going. And especially in this class, he would he's got to be smarter than that to think. Yeah, throw my name in the ring with all these guys. You know, I, he'd be sitting around until camp. You know, waiting to sign a deal. And then you mentioned yeah, Rashad Penny can't stay healthy, so I'm not going to bang that drum anymore. Jamal Williams, I don't see a world where he doesn't end up back in Detroit. He just it just makes too much sense. But he, he had a productive year could price himself out if someone wants to overpay for him at that point in time. But yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, it's a good name. We didn't, you, you mentioned Devin Singletary, but not really talking about him. Alexander Madison, who's never really got a chance to shine in Minnesota, who I think would be a star if was given the opportunity. Um, I, I got a, I got a spot for you. Are you ready for this? We, we didn't talk about back in Minnesota. <laughs> well, that's... released Alvin cook cap casualty. Talking about cap casualties, how do you like Matson in Cincinnati when they dump Joe Mixon? Well, yeah, that that hurts my core. I'm a, been a Joe Mixon <laughs> guy for a number of years and have him in far too many spots. But it would be, I mean, it it would be a a huge Madison opportunity in, in an ascending offense. So I, I wouldn't hate it because even a. Uh, the slug Samaji P. Well, I can't slug him because the slug is Jamal Williams. What do we call? Yeah. It's Samaji P. Ryan. Big softy. You know, Mr. Yeah. Soft. <laughs> Marshmallow Man. The Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> is, you know, he's a free agent as well. So there's still opportunity to sign someone. I just, I just love him in Minnesota. I think with that, you know, what that offense could be if they indeed move on from Dalvin Cook, who I think is sitting at that point where they could get out from under his contract, bringing Madison back would be a huge get. Damian Harris, I don't know if you mentioned, he was just a thorn in uh, Ramondre's side until he's a free agent. He's not going to do shit anywhere he goes. I mean, he'll sign somewhere and he'll get 10 carries, but no option. And the litany of other guys, James Robinson, the Achilles still seems to have been his, his doom. Uh, Ty Johnson, who I think is a good change of pace back. He just got relegated in that, uh, Jets offense for some reason uh, should get opportunity. And then, you know, there's the, the Miami backs, you know, the Jeff Wilson's, the Salvin Ahmed's, the miles Gaskins are, are all gone. So is, uh, isn't a, uh, what's his name? A free agent too. Um, Raheem Mostert, their entire backfield 
are, are free yeah. agents. So we could see one of these backs ending up there, which would be fantasy gold. Or two of them. Yeah, for any of these I mean, guys imagine, yeah, there, imagine so. Miami brings in Matson as their, like, main guy and Ty Johnson as their change of base. That would be. Yeah, I mean. And we are willing to spend them. Yeah, they're willing to spend on running back. They they chased it after Chase Edmonds last year. You know, and then they, they brought in Mostert, and then they traded for uh, Jeff Wilson. So they know running back's important to their offense. And it's not Gaskin or, or Ahmed, so someone's going to end up there. Either it's going to be a, a day two, day three draft pick, or, it's, or maybe even that and one of these guys. And that would be exciting if Madison ended up there. I'd be, I'd be interested. extremely interested. I've been trying to acquire Madison. Guy? Yeah, who's that? Singletary. He's a Florida guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he always gets short stick too. I think he's a better player than it kind of seems like, but. Just always seems you know, he just never he wasn't able to take it to the next level, and there was not a lot of competition during his time in Buffalo. I mean, he just always seemed to disappoint a little bit. So, be interesting to see where Motor ends up. But let's uh, move off of them to this stacked wide receiver free agency class because this should take long. Yeah, it's a it's a little thin. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the biggest name is Juju who would have been exciting had he not shit the bed two seasons in a row here. But I, I'm going to kind of go the guys I like after Juju. I I believe the number two in this class is Jacoby Myers. So that should put everything in perspective. Um, DJ Chark's a free agent. I still think, uh, you know, injuries and, and, and stuff have kind of zapped him. I, I liked the upside I saw with, with Jacksonville and even with Detroit a little bit when he got out there, he seemed like a pretty capable wide receiver. So I do like them. You know, the unfortunately, the teams that need wide receiver, most of them also have questions at quarterback. So even if he went into a team where a role, any of these guys go to a team where there's a role for him, I don't know what the fantasy viability is because the team's don't have great passing offenses. Uh, I mean, in the addition of, even if somebody were to sign two of them, kind of like Jacksonville did a year ago, you know, if you bring in DJ Chark and Juju, you're not <laughs> dramatically changing your receiver core. So uh, a name that's probably overlooked, who I think has been good, Sterling Shepard. I'd like to see where he lands. Uh, Alan Lazard will be out there this year. Your boy, Cole Hardman. Paris Campbell's a free agent who never did anything uh, close to what people were expecting from him. Richie James finally splashed a little bit on a Giants team that had no other options. Mac Hollins, 29, but did okay for the Raiders a year ago. Darius Slayton, another Giants outcast, had a few good years in the past, but kind of fell flat a uh, few seasons following that. And a, a name that stuck out to me mainly because of his age and then thinking about how he started last year, Greg Dortch, you know, with no one else at receiver for the Cardinals a year ago, <clears throat> played pretty decent. He, he's not a game breaker by any stretch, but he's proven to be fantasy viable when he is the number one option on a team. I'd like to see him on a better offense, but those are the names that, I found interesting. I mean, Jarvis Landry's out there, Marvin Jones, Julio Jones, Randall Cobb. If you're looking for some old veteran guys, Robert Woods has been cut. But for fantasy, this is a uh, dismal, dismal dog shit class. This is no good. 
Yeah, I mean, it, you, you hit the nail on the head. The highest market value to receiver is Juju Smith-Schuster, and he's showing a market value of 14 point – second as it loads again, 14.6? I would have even guessed that high. Million dollar deal? Who's number yeah, two? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just crazy seeing some of these numbers. Um, uh, you mentioned Jacoby Myers. He was he's second, I believe it was at twelve point five million. I'd rather have That's Jacoby Myers at the cost because you're getting a possession receiver out of both of them. Big slot guys. Um, Show Michael Hardman is a ten million dollar annual valuation because I do think he brings a lot with his speed and all. And they're saying four years and forty one mil for him. What shocked me the most is you mentioned Paris Campbell, who has perennially underperformed um, his draft stock and needs to rehab his image. One year, $2.5 million deal. Prove it for him. I would take him in Philly in a heartbeat to be my, the slot receiver. Yeah. Sure. As we need, to, we need to fix the Quez Watkins problem. I would love to bring Paris Campbell, you know, who Sirianni has to know. So if he comes, good. If he doesn't, Sirianni probably knows better. <laughs> Um, to bring in and fix our, our problem. DJ Chark at the same time, he signed a $10 million deal with the, the Detroit Lions, a one-year prove-it deal. His uh, annual salary is now shown as 9.5, three years, $28 million. So reduced off of his one-year deal. And I he could help a lot of teams out as it with a sub $10 million salary. Good field stretcher, big body type. I, I think he's someone that's probably going to be one of the bigger wins of the free agent offseason for for uh, an NFL team because to your point, there's not a lot out here. A lot of past their prime guys in you know Julio Jones and Randall Cobb and Marvin Jones and Nelson Aguilar, Robert Woods for goodness sake, his 2022 average value of his contract 22 last year was 16.25 million dollars. He did nothing for the he 527 yards and two touchdowns for Tennessee Titans. He's 31 years old and he like put like a thank you post out there that they released them. I'm like, dude, you should have been begging to stay getting half that cash anywhere else. So I don't understand why you're so happy. If they treated you like shit, but paid you that much show up every day with a fucking smile on your face as far as I'm concerned, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe it is about the championships and not the money. Alan Lazard pretty much said he's not going to be back in green Bay. Um, I don't think he's a difference maker, you know, just big body no. possession guy. He's showing 12, five an annual value too. Same as Jacoby Myers three years, 37 million as a in going into his age 28 season. I, I don't see it, but people pay up for wide receivers. And in this type of class, like you said, there's, there's not a lot of top end. So some of these mid tier guys are probably going to get overpaid. You know, I mean, a lot look of three wide sets and things, bears. You know, things of that nature. I mean, your boy, Matt Collins, who's in his age 30 season. Is, I mean, he's shown a 2.4 million. So he's, he's shown the same as, uh, as Paris Campbell. So didn't matter what he did in Las Vegas last year. He's just, he's, he's just too old to cash, but yeah, it's a, uh, I guess it's a good time to be a wide receiver. You know, especially the bears have to market. pay one of these guys. Most don't of the guys they? That are, available are old. Yeah, I mean that they could go the possession route. I mean, uh, a Myers would do wonders for um, that passing game. Just something more consistent underneath. You know, I mean a DJ Chark, I think would be great as a field stretcher, uh, bigger body to go opposite of uh, a Darnell Mooney. I think that that would work well to Justin Fields' strengths. I'd, I'd like to see that. Um, they played against him twice this year. I mean, to keep him in division. You know, they they got to see him firsthand. See if you know he's something they like or not. You could do worse than DJ Chark in, in Chicago. 
because yeah, there's there's not there's there's no it's not a lot to uh, get excited about in the free agent class. And the candidly, I mean, the past the rookie the draft class for wide receivers. I think there's a lot of good players. I, I don't I don't know that there's any greatness in this class, personally. You know, so I, I don't think drafting is you're not you're not landing a Jamar Chase in this draft type thing. You're not going to get your Justin Jefferson, even though no one thought he was going to be what he is. Like, I just, I don't see it in these players. So I don't think people are fixing their wide receiver problem this year. It's not, it's not a good spot. If you don't have your receivers locked up, you're probably going to be in the same position a year from now. Yeah. But I mean, but, think yeah, about I, it. Big off season trades last year were Devonte Adams and Tyree kill, right? We don't. I mean, and Russ. So don't do bigger dress, but two of the biggest receivers in the game moved and it became a, it cost benefit analysis <laughs> for both of them. And, but the teams acquiring them were willing to pay because they needed that, that was uh, that part of their offense for it to work. So maybe we'll see some more wide receivers move um, during the free agency process. Who knows? Who's old and disgruntled? <laughs> No, I think they're all gone. Everyone, they moved them yeah, a like year Robert, ago. <laughs> Robert Woods. Robert Mike, Woods. Michael Thomas. That's his oldest girl. Michael Thomas. Yeah, and he's getting moved out. He's going to get released, I think, or traded. I mean, the way they converted him. He's never. He's not playing for the Saints, I'll tell you that much. So, be interested to see what happens there. But might be some movement. Who knows? Yeah, but, I mean, you, you go through this list. There's just – there's names, but it's nothing you want. I mean, you know, doing dynasty and fantasy for a long time, you get familiar with, but – Jarvis Landry, Nikhil Harry, Jalen Guyton, who showed some splashes, Nick Westbrook, Dante Pettis, Philip Dorsett, DeAndre Carter. There's guys, especially if you get special teams points, I guess a guy like Carter becomes a lot more valuable. But Andre Roberts, same boat as him. Stop it. But yeah, no, nobody that you're like. <laughs> there's no, there's not a single team, even the, you know. Teams that are complete trash at wide receiver, like the Bears, when they go, man, I really hope we sign one or two of these guys. Like, nobody here is making your team way better. No. No, these are ancillary pieces. That's it. Yeah, and that, that's that's no good. But, you know, some of these guys are going to fall into increased opportunity. I mean, maybe not Myers, oh, yeah. because, I mean, Myers was pretty much a focal point of the – the Patriots passing attack during his time there as a PPR guy, but you know, you could see an uptick from him there. I mean, what did, where did he end up? I, I think he was dinged up this year, but he only had 629 yards. I'm sorry. You're on 629 routes, 804 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, that's probably a for Myers wherever he ends up. Cause he's going to get paid and he's going to get increased opportunity, you know, but there's not a ton of those. I mean, even Juju, Juju ended up with 933 yards and three touchdowns with Mahomes. I mean, this, this the sky's not the limit anywhere else. <laughs> I mean, he's probably best yeah. served coming back to KC, and I doubt they're paying him fourteen million a year to come back. If that's his market that value, bit. no way. Alan Lazard somehow had seven hundred eighty-eight yards and six touchdowns. That's probably his high water mark. I don't care where he goes. I don't, I don't see him as a thousand-yard pushing ten touchdown guy. So, as he's a good good tight end numbers from Alan Lazard, but I do think Chark has a chance. He ended up with 502 and three touchdowns, and I think he missed a couple games. So yeah, only 11 games played. So there's more upside. There's upside there with Chark, and I think a lot of it will change to um, seeing how 
trades shake out during the draft. Like I, I know the one trade that's been rumored for the Bears was swapping that two with Houston and then getting Houston's 12. So now if Houston doesn't go quarterback at two, wide receiver at 12, which they are in desperate need of both, if they were to trade up to one to get a quarterback <laughs> and then their 12 is gone and they're not top, getting one of these top receivers in the draft, then I could see where the market ends up changing for them and they make a, you know, a bigger play for like DJ Chark or something like that. So I think how, how the draft and especially these trades play out with, with the teams that are, are in a position to make trades on draft day is going to really impact this because yeah, if somebody makes a move for a quarterback or if someone really thinks they need uh, B. John Robinson and they trade up towards that end of the first to come up and grab one of them. And now they've lost the draft capital. They were hoping to blow on, uh, on a, you know, a wide receiver with upside. They're probably going to address that in free agency pretty strongly where that may not have been their strategy going into it. But you have to remember, free agency is before the draft, John. But, I mean, some of these trades, the, the, the rumor with the Bears thing now, I was just reading this this morning, is to get one of these deals done ahead of the trade time. Uh, yeah, I mean, that'd be ideal for them. So they never really know what they're working with. So sure, any advance, but yeah, I'm just more saying draft day trades or or, or where they end up drafting players. They, they kind of have to have a plan in free agency ahead of time. All right. Yeah. But I, I mean, so if they, you know, Houston's the example again, if they know that's the direction they're going and, and they're really in negotiation with the Bears, I think we'd know that because they're going to make a move for a wide receiver if they know they're not going to have that 12 pick anymore. Makes sense. I, I heard some of the, you know, Houston trading up with the Bears to, you know, put Brandon Cooks in that deal too because he doesn't want to stay in Houston. So ship him up to Chicago. It's not to, a bad uh, deal. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No. Be a good value add to give a veteran receiver for a year or two for Fields as they keep putting pieces around them. The other one I read was the Bears holding Indy hostage since they're in the same division with Houston. Get Indy to pay whatever you want to to leapfrog Houston at one. Then when you're back on the clock at four as the Bears, there's still going to be two top quarterbacks on the board. And we just discussed how needy teams are for quarterbacks. You could dump jump down from one to four and then from you know, where's Carolina picking like six or nine or something? If Carolina wants to come up. You could the Bears can come out of this amazing with a shit ton of picks if they trade. They back could if they play it right. They go to two, then they go to four. But all along, everyone is saying, and granted, they're not the Bears saying you don't want to get outside of four really because you still want one of those premier defensive players. And then Arizona's not taking a quarterback, so they're going to take one of them. If Seattle doesn't, I think Seattle holds five then they're going to go after the other guys. So you need, if you want one of those guys, Carter or uh, Anderson, you've got to stay in the top four. So you can do like, you can, you can trade twice. You can do two and you can go to four, which is Indy. You really don't want to go any further down like with Carolina per se, because then you're moving out of that elite territory. My thought this whole time is if I'm the Houston Texans, I'm telling uh, the bears, they can, they can pound sand. I'm I agree. Up to one from two. I don't think there's the quarterback that, would cause me to want to part with a, the, a 12, the 12th pick to move up one spot. I don't even know that I draft quarterback in this draft, honestly. If I'm D'Amico, I get talked to Domingo Ryan and said, we just gave you whatever, a five-year deal. We are tanking. We're going to get you defensive assets this year, 
and we're going to go after Caleb Williams next year. That's the, that's the fucking plan. That's how we fix all of this. We're going to do it right. We're, we're not going to let Lovey Smith ruin it for us. <laughs> One more Look year by winning a meaningless game. We're going to burn it down. We're burning it down, D'Amico. Let's get the defensive guys you want in place this year. It's a good defensive draft. And then let's have we'll be in lockstep. We're, we're gunning for 101 next year. We're bringing in Sam Darnold. Yeah. So, yeah. Anything. Well, Baker Mayfield. Hey, come on down. Yeah. He'll, he'll make it interesting. I don't give a shit. He's, he's got Moxie. Here. He can win, though. They don't want to win. They yeah, listen. They hey, if I'm the if I'm Houston, I might trade out a two with Indy and say, "Come get your guy." <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, if you you yeah. couldn't get up to one, was it not the guy? You come up to two. We'll we'll move down to four. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm going the other way if I'm Houston. They're not a quarterback away. They have so many holes. Yeah, don't go get your quarterback on his rookie deer now. You're going to ruin like two to three years of it, even if the guy hits. It's not the right move to make. All right. But we got 15 minutes and we got to talk tight end. We can talk Houston, Texas all day long and what they need to do. And I should be their GM. Just saying. So uh, step aside. <laughs> He's got crazy eyeballs too. So tight end. Mm, um, couple, couple bigger names out there. Uh, Dalton mm-hmm. Schultz is the crown jewel. Gasecki, if he goes to a team where he could be like the, the a big receiver instead of you know, actually doing tight end things. Um, who who also I, called that one, John? You, uh, sir. Yeah, hundred percent. So this isn't going to work <laughs> in Miami. He doesn't block. <laughs> um, won't work. Evan Ingram career resurgence. I can't see him going anywhere else unless some team really overpays. I think he likes being in Jacksonville. I think he likes the system. It worked out great for him. Irv Smith never really hit his potential. Um, Hayden Hurst, who who. It's been very serviceable. The guy's a, a good all-around tight end. Is he a you know legit top 12 tight end year in and year out for fantasy? No. But you could do a lot worse than plugging him in, especially with a good matchup. Austin Hooper is fizzled. Tanyan is a joke, but he's a name. Dan Arnold <laughs> had a little little day in the sun there in Jacksonville also, but he, he kind of faded away. Um other names a little bit further down who I like as sleepery guys, uh, my guy, Foster Moreau, who I love, Brock Wright, who I thought showed some decent talent with Detroit once Hawkinson got out of there. You know, again, is he a world beater? No, but in two tight end leagues and a guy you can plug in during bye weeks. I, I like Wright in the <laughs> right spot. And uh, Josh Oliver, who – one of my all-time favorite mm-hmm. moments of this podcast was when he was uh, in the draft process and you didn't even think he was a real person. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, he still is, he hasn't proved me wrong yet, to be honest with you. Um, he hasn't done shit in the NFL. So I'm still not going to admit that he is, in fact, a real person until he strings two games together. But, yeah, I mean, that, not the worst class. Listen, talking about Dalton Schultz, um, $15 million. Contract uh, market value four years, 60 million. He's not, not, he won't be in Dallas, that's for sure. They've already said, you know, move on. Um, then Mike Kosicki reduced Mike Kosicki's only shown at nine million dollars, which I mean, sorry, 8.2. Um, because he's not a tight end, so he's more of a slot wide receiver, but doesn't seem like the worst salary in the world for a guy who's a proven pass catcher. Um, in in the right offense, I mean, you're going to pay Mike Kosicki less than you're going to pay Juju Smith Schuster. I'd rather have Mike Kosicki playing 
you know, kind of a big slot role, then have Juju Smith-Schuster running largely the same routes. Irv Smith, who I don't know if you said, um, yeah. hasn't done shit either. He's kind of been like Josh Oliver, for lack of better words. He's showing a $10 million average salary, two years, $20 million? I don't see that at all. I mean, Nobody's he's, fucking he's only paying 24 that. No million. He hasn't done shit. Man, he's not getting 10 million. I don't see $10 million a year. But then your guy who blew my mind, Foster Moreau showing $9 million, four-year, 36, market value. 25 years old, 330 days, so 26 years old at present. We both liked him coming out. He was kind of been blocked behind Waller. I'm hearing a lot of Waller's not going to be with the Raiders when it's all said and done. So maybe they re-sign Foster Moreau and he steps into that alpha seat with the Raiders. If not, yes, I'm very interested to see where Foster Moreau ends up throughout all this because he could pop. He, he's yeah. a guy in tight end premium that still might be under the radar. You can still get before free agency hits. Evan Ingram, lastly, uh, as you indicated, I think he stays in Jacksonville. He said he, he loves it there. Took a one-year prove-it deal, proved it. And I think they're going to want to retain him. He's showing 9.3 annual salary, three years, $27 million. That's extremely reasonable. Um, 28-year-old tight end. I think he got 10 mil this past year um, from, from them. So it's a little bit of a value to extend him and, and give him a multi-year deal. So I believe Ingram's going to stay in Jacksonville. I don't know that any of these other guys are going to stay where they were at, to be honest with you. Gesicki's definitely not Miami. Schultz, unlikely to be in Dallas. Um, who knows about Foster Moreau? If they don't move um, Waller, he's not going to stay there. You mentioned Hayden Hurst. Yeah, he's been kind of like a nomad, been bouncing around team to team. He was decent enough for Cincy, but he's also going on 30 years old. Not really a difference maker. He's probably going to end up signing like a one-year deal. Again, somewhere else. The enigma is this Irv Smith thing, which is really confounding me about why they believe <laughs> he's worth $10 million a year just because he's young. I I don't see it, but I am very interested in Foster Moreau and free agency. I think given the starting opportunity, he's a tight end one in fantasy football. I agree completely. Here, here's here's yeah. the the problem with this group of tight ends. Let me give you the top tight end landing spots, and you tell me which one excites you for fantasy. Carolina, assuming Schultz is gone, Dallas, Detroit, Houston, Miami, Seattle, Tennessee, Washington, and then to a lesser extent, Cincy, Green Bay, Jacksonville, assuming Ingram isn't back, and kind of the Chiefs as a stash for eventually Kelsey has to retire. Those those aren't good tight end spots, unfortunately. They haven't been. I think Washington could be. You know, I don't. I don't think they're like. But again, who's the quarterback? Yeah. Like this is the other thing. You, yeah, you I mean that's care. the thing too. I mean, Washington might be one of these sneaky gonna sign Jimmy Garoppolo type teams as they sure. have a good defense and they have they have young talent um, at wide receiver. So, you know, Garoppolo could help him. Sam Howell. I like Sam Howell. I mean, he was, I, I was surprised he slipped as much as he did. Um, but every quarterback did, I mean, even Pickett in, sure. in last year's draft, they just weren't as highly thought it sought after. Um, so I don't really see much of a difference between Howell starting this year or Ritter starting for Atlanta this year, you know, and Kyle Pitts is sitting there and people still love him. So I don't know that it's the worst spot Washington Cincinnati. I mean, just add, add anyone to the Cincy offense, and I'm going to be interested in them. Um, Dallas, you know, I don't think they spend up because they're not in the best spot, and I think that's why they went and drafted Ferguson, and they have that uh, Hendershot kid who both kind of flashed in limited opportunity. Yeah. 
I yeah. think one of them, I really like Ferguson going forward. So I don't think anyone ends up there. But yeah, to your point, I mean, Miami Gesicki didn't work because they want blockers. You know, so if you want the, like the ebbs and flows of like a George Kittle type guy, sure, sign yourself up for Miami because it's a guy that's going to block as much as he's going to go out in routes. You know, so, and then you're still talking about those two wide receivers on the outside that are commanding most of the targets. I don't want Miami either, but you know, there's, I'd, I'd rather have a starter in a less ideal spot than, you know, a secondary <laughs> tight end option in, you know, an ideal landscape, obviously not telling you anything you don't know, but yeah, it's, I don't think there's anywhere. It's like, Oh, it's like, yeah, this is, this is the sweet spot. Whoever lands here is destined for glory. You know, well, I, most of the teams you named had a quarterback issue as well. And, and that's the exactly where I was heading. Just like I said, with wide receiver, you're, the spots that need receiver help also need quarterback help. So none of these are good spots until this quarterback situation resolved. Like the, you know, the dominoes have to fall in the right order to make these intriguing. Like you said, Washington right now, but you put Garoppolo in at quarterback, you, you know, I don't know what their cap situation is, but Garoppolo quarterback, you put, Dalton Schultz at tight end and whatever, give him Juju or Chark. You go, wow, this Washington offense can really be something. But right now, none of those pieces are in place. And that's, you know, a similar case with, with, with the exception of DJ Moore, like Carolina, you go, what are we doing here? (laughs) We don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a lot of the, Dominoes have yet to fall, which is going to change a lot of this. But you know, I did. There's no real quarterback out there that's going to get me all hot and bothered. You know, free agent quarterback. Because again, I don't think Jones or Jackson move, barring a trade, and we can't predict. Oh, that. I like Garoppolo. I like Garoppolo. I, yeah, I mean, he's a facilitator. Sure, I mean, he'll keep the offense on schedule, but he's not going to. He's not going to make anyone a superstar. I, I don't believe that. But he's good for the tight end. Um, and then Derek Carr, I think, is league average. I mean, it's, uh, I don't think he's going to realize a, a huge uptick in his production than he did the last several years in, in Las Vegas. And he, he can first. force feed an alpha. I mean, if he, not that there's a, like an alpha wide receiver. There's no, yeah. I mean, that, that that's more talking about the team he goes to than a yeah. free agent. Right. If, yeah, if he went to sense. Tampa, you could see Mike Evans having another big year. Oh, I, I would see Godwin <laughs> personally. That's uh, right in the Derek Carr's wheelhouse. But I mean, yeah, there, there's definitely a, a path if some of these things shake out. It, it, it is a, it's a exciting. Isn't the right word. This is an interesting off season. Cause yeah, a lot of these things are going to impact everything else around it. Free agency and the draft, both like there, there's a lot of mystery, but nothing's going to be solved until several things around it are solved. There's no, like with the exception of the teams you already know is good. Like Philly, you know what I mean? Bijan Robinson going, to the Eagles it makes the Eagles a lot better and it's great for him, but there's not with the exception of those handful of good teams that we haven't talked about at all. Cause they don't have any holes that, that any of these guys are leaving or needing to fill. Most of the teams that are getting rid of players and look like they're bringing players in have other holes where like this whole thing is going to look a lot different in a couple months from now. It's kind of, kind of, uh, exciting to see and curious how it's going to shake out and how our opinions on some of these teams change between now and July. 
Agreed. And two things you said, I'm going to leave this as kind of food for thought on the way out of here. One, I don't think the Eagles are a great landing spot for Bijan from a dynasty perspective because Jalen Hurts is still going to steal a ridiculous amount of touchdowns sure. uh, in the short term. So I, I, I'd, lo- I'd love him to come here. I don't want to use a first-round pick on a running back, but he would be this ridiculous weapon as an Eagles fan. Sure, bring him in. Let's go. But I, there's so many better landing spots, in my opinion, than the Eagles for Bijan. And then two... Derek Carr has an annual a calculated market value of $37.7 million. Three years, $113 million is what Track is projecting his market value to be, which would make him a top 10 paid quarterback in the NFL. If your franchise needed a quarterback, do you pony up $38 million a year for Derek Carr? This goes directly back to what I said when we started this. The only teams that make sense is that NFC South. You're you're willing to pay that if he's getting you a division title and a, a playoff berth. No one else meets that criteria except those four teams. <clears throat> yeah, like I mean, like the Jets are twenty six point two mil for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is shown at three years seventy eight million. That sounds reasonable, but he's not. He's asking for a lot more than that, from what we hear. That that sounds like reasonable for a guy that's not going to win you the Super Bowl. And I also don't think Derek Carr is going to. So why am I paying $10 million more to Derek Carr to not win me a Super Bowl? Yeah, like why would he go to I the just, I just, Like the Jets make no sense for him. Why why would the Jets pay that money to still – I think they do. The Jets have a plus defense and they have young – I think the Jets make a ton of sense for him. At but least an average not, line that they need to win. ahead of Buffalo. I mean, but they can get in the playoffs. Miami made the playoffs. You just got to get in. I mean, they have a better defense. Well, they have a good defense. Um, they have young pass catchers. They have a young running back, and they have an average line. If they could invest in the line, you had Derek Carr. It would make them formidable. But you're right. I still don't think it makes them a Super Bowl. I don't think Derek Carr makes anyone a Super Bowl contender. That's my that's my contention. Correct. <laughs> he couldn't. Right. He didn't do well, no Johnny, rip it. Yeah, trade him back to you know. I think he should sign with the Raiders. That's right. I think he should sign. All right, John. I got two minutes. Rip us out of here, buddy. That'll do it for us. Hopefully you like this little free agency preview. Uh, Be sure to keep an eye on the combine this week and weekend. We will be doing so, and that's going to be our topic for at least a week or two afterwards. So uh, keep your eye on that. That's always a fun time of the year. Underwear Olympics, a big W for us. So for myself, John Dabari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Free agents are out. I've been doing so many fucking mocks. It's fucking series for DLF. Do it like a mock a week for fucking forever. I don't know. All off season, I guess. You're making a mockery of it, John. It should have been the title of the fucking series. God damn it. <laughs> Dude, Eight weeks we need ideas. We, just, we, gotta start, we gotta start workshopping these things a little early. <laughs> I went with the 2020 20 writing off-season I have a lot. I have a lot of ideas. I'm an idea guy, John. So I'm in sales. Hold on. Let me reorder my Documents. Ah, you didn't hear anything about Bryce Young? Nope. Okay. Awesome. <laughs>
as soon as you started talking it ah, I said that baby Bryce Young isn't throwing at the combine pussy yeah he's scared of all the big arm guys listen I didn't think I could love Zay Flowers anymore Mm-hmm. Yeah, you all, can I tell you something that if the tattoos didn't match, I would not. <clears throat> the body the isn't person. what throws me off. That fucking that's two totally different heads and faces. Like the hair is it, different. The nose is different. The whole fucking. Hold on. Now I got to look at it again. Yeah. I mean, he's happier, right? He's put on 13 pounds of muscle. You also don't know when that 170 picture was from. I could have been like. That didn't necessarily have to be. Like that was my first showed, thought. Yeah, when he showed up at this cool. perform place. I mean, it, I mean, it kind of looks it because it's the same rug and wall. That's a little strange. But yeah, his face got the just same. Disturbs me. He's got yeah the same necklace on even too. I mean, he just yeah. Like I said, on a different feel. I believe it's him because the tattoos, unlike uh, yeah, what's his name? Mar Hamlin. Demar Hamlin, this guy's tattoos match up, but like th- that is an entire. I'm looking at it now. That is not the same fucking head at <laughs> all, at all. If the one on the left, bit issues, he the the individual on the left has a lot of earrings in as well, and the one on the right has no earrings in. I'm telling you, that head ain't right. Mm. Which is weird. You would think the body would be the photoshopped goofy thing. If He's one of these two, if one of these two gentlemen robbed you, and the police put the other one in the lineup, you, I would absolutely not pick him as the guy that robbed me. Oh, I'd say tell him to take his shirt off. Oh, correct. Let's get yeah. these pop them boxes weird off, fellas. The, the, the IAA <laughs> necklace is also what is on his shorts in the first picture. So is that like his his uh? What's it called? Agents? Why would you have a necklace with that? Seems weird. Either, either way. IAA. Stay Lloyd. down until you come Maybe up. it's L. You know that might be an L. It is either an L. L-A-A. Okay, that's Loyalty pain, something too. something. Yeah, I get that as well. I'm going to go. It's still his... Stop this. It ain't possible to put on 13 pounds of muscle in three months, even with steroids. You can put on two to three pounds of muscle. Is this a, a, is this a reply? Yeah, it's someone in the in the that's that is absolutely unfactually. <laughs> that's a significant improvement to his BMI. He went from around 24.7 to being 26.3. Between 26 and 28 is ideal for a receiver. So he's in the good range. <clears throat> 13 pounds of actual contractile tissue in three months is literally impossible. I'm scrolling down. This is. I'm on Jesse Campbell now, 48 minutes ago. Being extremely flat in the before picture, filling out with seven to 10 pounds, holding it consistently for three months, and putting on three to five pounds of actual contractible tissue. That's doable with elite genetics. Good job, kid. I don't know if that guy actually just said it's possible or it's not possible. I think he said both. The people say it's impact. Oh, I found it. It's the dude has got like a picture of him jacked in the picture, like massive. Less I'm gonna be- I'm gonna believe that guy a little bit. 
No. That guy might know about steroids. The Deltzilla. I'm not questioning him. It depends how fucking... <laughs> it doesn't say dump. Oh, it does say Extremely suspicious I for three months of training. Guy. And you're talking about a person who is extremely physically active. No doubt this dude was on a cycle of some kind, but all football players are now, so no big deal. <laughs> Listen, I... Um, well, I'll tell you a story when we're done. Definitely not all muscle. Probably half the weight is water gain, but he looks great. I mean, yeah, if, 13 pounds is not <clears throat> impossible in three months. Another one, a bunch of people. And it's not its not all fucking muscle, obviously. There's some fucking. Well, it says, and 13 pounds of muscle later. So that's probably what people are questioning. That you can't. Add 13 pounds of pure muscle in that time. And there's, you know, people are fucking so stupid. They don't realize that the, there's a good chance he just had a monster workout and took a picture with, you know, his post-gym pump. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm going to do today. I'll put it on Twitter. See if I can get drafted. <laughs> for, for my post-dump pump. My post dump pump out there. <laughs>